Money FM 89.3, the best of prime time. Despite the COVID-19 pandemic and rising inflation, looming recession, the Singapore residential property market is hotter than ever, and especially so in the rental segment. Yep, for sure. And it's a very expensive time for tenants in Singapore. But actually, could this be an opportunity for aspiring landlords to enter the market? At the same time as we round off the year, what else should you look out for in Singapore's housing market? Well, to dissect all this and what's happening in the property market, Nicholas Mark is joining us. Uh, he is, of course, the head of research and consultancy at ERA Realty. Good afternoon, uh, Nick. So what's happening in the rental market? I guess many people are asking, how much higher will this go? <laughs> well, I think that we expect rentals to continue to rise next year because mm. the factors that are causing the increase in rentals are still going to persist in 2023. And that's primarily because of the supply chain disruption that actually caused delays in the completion of both BTO flats as well as private housing, as well as the opening up of the Singapore economy, which seems like a long time ago, which actually happened somewhere in the first quarter of this year, actually resulted in more people coming to Singapore to work leave and to study. And this actually increased the demand for rental units. And not forgetting that some local residents, uh, Singaporeans, are also renting, at least Mm. temporarily, partly because of they want more space, so they move out of their parents' home for young people. And the second group of renters are actually newlyweds. Because of the delay in the delivery of their BTO flat, some of them are renting temporarily mm-hmm. while waiting to get the keys to their new flat. So all this new demand and we have limited new supply because of the pandemic, it led to the increase in rental rates. So, uh, Nicholas, where does this leave people, though, who may not be able to afford, they're coming, foreigners, I mean, coming into Singapore to, you know, do all the frontline retail work, and they're not getting paid the six, seven, eight thousand dollars and will not be able to afford even renting a room, which is now going for, what, two thousand? Yes, well, I think renting a room, depending on where, if it's a HDB flat that doesn't have an attached bathroom, it can still be a bit shy of $1,000. Actually, it depends on the location It depends on well. the location, yes. Yes, but unfortunately, there's not really a lot of things that the government can do for tenants, for renters. Mm-hmm. Now, the government can try to come up with cooling measures if prices in the private housing market rise too high and so on, but there is no cooling measures that can actually bring down rentals, unfortunately, because Mm. the increase in rental is due to the supply-demand imbalance. The thing is, Nicholas, some analysts have said that actually those who have been just renting in the interim are likely to, not all of them, but many of them, are likely to be able to move into their new homes next year. And therefore, this might actually decrease pressure on the market. What's your Mm. perspective on this? Well, I I think that, okay, just to give you, it's possible that next year the supply chain could ease up and we could have uh, faster completions of both BTO flats as well as private residential units. But just to give you an example, at the end of last year, the URA of the government expected about 17,300 private housing units to be completed. Sorry, that's 11,000 over units expected to be completed this year. Mm-hmm. 11,000. And in the first nine months of this year, only about 5,100 units were completed. That's mm. less than half. So that means some of these constructions have been 
snowball or push forward to next year. So that means, yes, we may have roughly about 17,000 units are expected to be completed next year, a lot more. But we don't know actually will they be really completed or mm. is this number going to be complete or we're going to have more of this snowballing, you know, some of these projects will be pushed on to 2024. But surely there's a limit to how bullish this market can get. I mean, wouldn't renters exhibit some resistance to paying such crazy rents? Well, at the moment, it is really a landlord's market. So mm. the thing is that will we reach a stage where Singapore become less attractive to foreigners, yeah. to, to expatriates? And it, it also depends on, because expatriates when they come here, it's not just the rental. It also depends on whether or not there is an alternative. Take, for example, the opening up of Hong Kong and China in the past. Well, some of the expatriates moved out of Hong Kong to come to Singapore because of the strict COVID restrictions in Hong Kong. If Next year, Hong Kong will be to ease up on their travel and COVID restrictions. Some of these expatriates may move back to Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. So that will ease some demand here. Another possibility is also depends on whether or these expatriates have other cities in Southeast Asia to move to, where the rentals could be cheaper and whether or not they can still do their same job in those other cities. If the case, yes, we Working. could see an easing of the rental demand here. Working remotely, of course, is one of those possibilities as well uh, that you brought up, Nicholas. Now, going back to cooling measures for the rental market, we've heard, of course, of rent control in some bigger cities in the world to control these sky-high rental prices. Can that be possibly done in Singapore as a short-term measure? I don't think you'll exactly work. We do have, uh, we used to have uh, the Rent Control Act in Singapore, but back then it wasn't used uh, frequently, mm-hmm. and so it was the government repealed it. Bringing it back will not really solve the problem because what you have here is that you have demand is much stronger than supply by restricting that says that, you know, oh, Mr. Landlord, you can only, instead of renting out at $4,000, you can only rent out at, say, $2,000. Well, it doesn't work. Hmm. Because the landlord may just tell the um, agent, well, go and find me a tenant that's willing to pay above 2000 and then I'll rent it to that person. And then hmm. money may just exchange hands under the table. Right. It, it doesn't work. And also the Rent Control Act in some other countries, what it would, it also have other negative economics impact. Like, for example, the landlord will just not bother to maintain the property because hmm. they are getting so little rental. So right. you get slums in yeah. certain parts of some of the overseas cities. Good point. Now, as a person looking at this market, some people might actually decide that it is worth going into the market as a landlord. What do you think? What are the pros and cons for investors buying a property to rent it out in a high interest rate environment? <laughs> well, I think it's quite natural to see that, oh, well, lots of landlords are making money with, uh, due to rising rentals and rentals are expected to remain at a relatively high level next year. So perhaps investing in real estate is attractive, but potential investors must be mindful of the following. Number one is that real estate is a long-term investment. Just because rentals is high this year and next year doesn't mean that it's going to remain high forever. Mm. Number two is that buying real estate comes with fairly high transaction costs, such as stamp duty, which can take 2 to 3%. The, uh, they already own a property, they, may, they will have to pay the additional buyer stamp duty, which is runs into the double-digit percentage of the price. There is also the prospects of interest rate mean remaining high next year. So, well, there has been a saying that if the landlord could be working for the banks, you know, what you collect from high rentals, part of it will be going out as interest costs. 
And of course, most buyers will be taking out some sort of bank loan. So there mm-hmm. would be loan restrictions as well, especially with the latest round of cooling measures, you know, lower loan to value ratio. And the loan tenure will also be depends on the borrower's age. Yeah. All right, Nicholas, one very quick last thing. What's your outlook for 2023? Well, for 2023, we expect that it will be a, a lot more excitement in the primary <laughs> market because this year we have roughly about 21 new projects launches. Next year, mm-hmm. there is potentially 30 plus projects that's lined up for launches. So that um, home buyers will have lots of choices and some of these projects are actually not the very small ones. So on average, they could be about 300 units in size. But some developers will be testing new benchmark prices They could be, uh, because of rising development costs. So the prices could be higher. But at the same time, we will also have the situation of high interest rates environment and not forgetting there's always in the background the cooling measures. So I'm cautiously optimistic for next year. We still see prices going up partly due to cost push factor, but I think the rate of increase will be more moderate compared to this year. All right. Thank you very much for your time today, Nicholas. Nicholas Mark, Head of Research and Consultancy at ERA Realty. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.